Super. So I was um, praying about what to share, and uh, and I was led in recent uh, weeks. I've been looking in the book of Hebrews, and I was led to share from Hebrews chapter two. And there's one verse especially that I would like to be um, focusing on this morning. Hebrews chapter two, verse one. We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we've heard so that we do not drift away. And when I was reading and and just uh, looking at this text, it really grabbed my attention. And I'd just like to share with you some thoughts on this. Will's already prayed, but let me just pray again. Father God, we thank you for your word. Lord, we've re- we're reading here that we must pay careful attention, so help us in the next few minutes to pay attention and to hear what you want us to hear. Yes, Lord. Lord, would you speak to us, and, and as we listen, Lord, would you, would you warm our hearts? May we meet with you in your word, we pray. In Jesus' name, <laughs> amen. So maybe it was those words, pay the most careful attention, because I have to admit, I find it really difficult to concentrate, especially in church. Now, I'm sure that all of you always listen to every word that is preached from the front. You know, Will, Stuart, and others, you're preaching, you can, you can recite exactly what they say afterwards. Well, my plea is that we do pay careful attention, not because I'm speaking, but because the writer to the Hebrews is saying something important. And he's saying, pay careful attention so that we do not drift away. Yeah. Now, in, the, in this letter to the Hebrews, there are five warnings. And this is the first one, that we need to be careful about something. He begins by saying, uh, therefore, we have to pay careful attention. Well, why? What, what's he been saying before? In chapter 1, he speaks or he writes about the, the supremacy of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It's all about Jesus and how important he is in chapter 1. This extraordinary verse, chapter 1, verse Three, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. That's pretty incredible. <laughs> the sun is the exact representation of God's glory, the radiance of God's glory, the, the representation of his being. So the writer has written all about Jesus and how he is superior to the angels. In fact, the word better or superior is repeated 15 times through the book or the letter to the Hebrews. He's really emphasizing that Jesus is better. Jesus is superior. And he says, therefore, because of this, pay careful attention. Pay careful attention so that you will not drift away. And it's this idea of drifting away that kind of captivated my attention. You know, first of all, okay, I have to pay attention, but you mustn't drift away. And different translators kind of say 
this in a different way. Some say we must not allow these things to flow out of our mind. That's one way of translating this. We mustn't allow these things to slip away from our memories. The word literally means to drift or to, to flow by, to flow over, to glide away or to escape from the mind. In other words, to forget. So he's saying, be careful that you don't slide away, drift away. Be careful you don't forget these things. It reminded me of what Moses wrote or said in that final message to the people of Israel. He says in Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 9, Be careful, watch yourselves closely so you don't forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. So Moses said something similar. Don't let these things fade from your heart. Don't let these things drift away. Don't forget them. Be careful. These things are really, really important. Now, what things are important? Well, we're going to come to that. We've already mentioned in chapter 1, the centrality and the supremacy of God's son, Jesus. It's all about Jesus. We've got to hold on to that truth. But when I'm thinking about drifting away, I was reminded of something that happened to us some years ago when we were in Moldova. You might remember we'd come back from Moldova and we'd tell you stories of the different outreaches, the different church planting we were involved in and with our teams. And one of the areas that we recognized there was a need for, there were very, very few believers, was up in the northeast of the country. And there's a river that flows through Moldova called the the Nistru River. It kind of separates Moldova from a breakaway part of Moldova that the Russian army um, have been occupying for the last 30 years. And and this, this area of northeast Moldova, we recognize there's no believers, so what can we do? We decided to take teams up there and we built rafts out of um, oil drums and, and old planks of wood. And then we would, we would get a team on board, all of, all of our kit and everything, for a week or 10 days. And we would sail. Sail's a bit of a grand term. We'd kind of drift, float down the river. We could only go one direction downstream. And we'd row. And we'd go for a couple of hours each day. And then we'd arrive in, the, in a village completely unreached, the people hadn't heard the gospel, and we'd stop, set up tents, and then go through the village, sharing the gospel, we'd take food packages, speaking to people, speaking to the local mayor, and we were welcomed in every place. The kids would come, we'd, we'd do sports and holiday club sort of activities and preach, and it's, it was the most amazing time going from village to village for these 10, 12 days. Pretty exhausting, pretty hot, but wow, we felt like real missionaries, you know? It was, it was special. <clears throat> so the most special time of year for us was in the summer. All the kids on board as well. You can probably see them somewhere there. They are sitting on the front, and we would just float down the river. Well, why am I telling this? Well, one, one time, we arrived in a village. We pulled the raft up, set up camp, went into the village, and for the whole day we were sharing with people, speaking, kids' programs, youth programs, you name it, 
And then we got back late. It was dark. We had some food. Got into our tents. We're just going off to sleep. And Igor, who was leading the, the outreach with me, just came, Brother Matthew, Brother Matthew, we've got a problem. I said, what's the problem, Igor? I'm tired. Go to sleep. He said, the raft's gone. <laughs> that is a problem when you're having a rafting outreach. And we got into a little dinghy boat, and me and Igor and a guy called Vlad, we just tried to go down mid- middle of the night. We tried to go in the middle of the river because there's Transnistrian army on one side, not very friendly, and there's Moldovan police kind of looking for poachers on the other side. So we kind of kept our heads down, and we, in the middle of the night, we're going down this river, and we managed to, after a couple of miles, we saw our raft just serenely in the, in the middle of the river. So we got on it, we kind of pulled it to shore, tied it up, and then we hiked back to the camp and then let the, let the team know the next day that it's not a rafting outreach, it's a trekking outreach, and we're going to be walking for the first... Well, why am I sharing that? I'm sharing it because our raft just drifted away, and we didn't even know when it happened or how it happened. Yeah. Perhaps just yeah. imperceptibly, the, is that a word? The, 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 the river rose very, very slightly... And the raft just went. It wasn't firmly secured, and so it just drifted away. And I think of that when I think of this idea of drifting. And the warning we have here, pay careful attention so that you don't drift. And if, if Christ is all that the writer says he is, In this first chapter, and in fact throughout Hebrews, and of course through the whole of Scripture. If it's true, then there are huge consequences for those of us who will receive him, and for those who refuse to receive him. So, I'm thinking about a couple of challenges that we have as followers of Jesus today. I think of the, the things that can make us drift that can cause us problems. And there's three that I want to mention. Firstly, there is the sometimes the wrong understanding we have of who Jesus is. We can begin to question and doubt the centrality of Christ, the deity of Christ, the uniqueness of Christ, especially in these days when people say, well, it's okay for you to believe. That's good if you believe, but I believe something else, and life's like kind of climbing a mountain. We'll all get to the top in the end. It doesn't really matter what you believe as long as you're sincere in your beliefs. There's truth in lots of different religions. Well, the problem is, Jesus himself said in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and no one comes to the Father except through me. Oh dear. <laughs> Jesus is the only way. And the problem is that's not very politically correct today, is it? But that is the truth that we see in Scripture. And yet it can be so easy to water down that truth. It can be so easy for us to be to drift away from that truth and maybe think, well, perhaps there are other ways. But no, Scripture is clear. And boy, the the guy writing to the Hebrews is really clear about the centrality of Christ, the supremacy of Christ. It's all about Jesus and salvation is only through Jesus. There's no other way. So we need to hold on to that truth and 
boy, we could talk, couldn't we, about so many other biblical truths that we have to hold on to today because it's so easy to compromise, to dilute, to water down the truths that we see so clearly presented in Scripture. So firstly, we need to hold on to the truths of who Jesus is, recognizing it's all about Jesus. He is central to all things. He is on the throne. He is the only one who is worthy. All honor and glory and praise belong to him. Secondly, the danger of, I didn't know how to word this, but I'm, I'm, I'm saying the danger of being over-familiar with the message. Now, I'm not talking about being over-familiar in our, in our hearts, but in our, in our heads. I wonder if it's easy to drift. You know, the longer we are followers of Jesus, we come along to church and it kind of just becomes a routine, something we do on a Sunday morning. It's good to go to church, isn't it? But perhaps, perhaps after some time, after some years of following Jesus, we can become over-familiar. Take too lightly the, the wonderful truth. Jesus died for our sins. He rose again. He's alive. He transforms us. He's accepted us. He's forgiven us. This is good news. And we should be really excited about this. In fact, just as excited now as we were when we first heard that news and accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. But is it possible over the years we can become over-familiar? I'd ask, are you still as excited about Jesus now as you were when you first met him? Are you even more in love with him now? Do you want to spend time in his word now as you did, as we did, when we first started reading God's word? And wow, it was so new and exciting. Are we as passionate now as we were when we first met Jesus? Are we growing in our love for him? Friends, it's easy to drift. It's easy to start to get a little bit wishy-washy perhaps in our faith. Our relationship turns into a religion. Our committed, dedicated, spontaneous worship can just turn into routine, something that we do. The passion and love we had for Jesus and for others can turn into cynicism and having a critical spirit and kind of feeling a bit negative about things. The urgency we had for faith and for letting people know about the Lord can turn into apathy. I can speak quite knowledgeably about this because this is something I fight with. I'm not just speaking to you and saying you shouldn't be like this. This is me. This is my struggle that I face daily because I see and experience the danger of drift in my own life. You know, at the end of the year, kind of having a bit of a review um, of the year 2022 and how am I doing in my walk with the Lord, I realized as I look back, I got into January, you know, we're thinking about New Year's resolutions, and I realized, boy, I've been kind of in the evenings, it's so easy just to waste time on social media, checking emails on my device, checking the sports scores and all of that. It's not bad in itself. But I found I was going to bed and just checking stuff late at night, first thing in the morning, straight onto my device, onto my tablet. And, and I'm thinking, no, I, w- 
that's not the most important thing. I should be finishing the day in God's word and starting the day in God's word. And so I'm really trying. I'm really trying this year. And what are we? Just about into February and it's going okay. I'm leaving my device downstairs and I'm taking the Bible up and making sure that I wake up in the morning and I'm in the scriptures. I really, I'm challenging myself on that because I recognize the danger of compromise and drift in my own life. So the currents that can cause us to drift, a wrong understanding of who Jesus is, that becoming over-familiar with the message, and thirdly, the current of distractions and love of the world. You know, I was thinking about the parable of the sower, you know, the, where the seed falls on the different types of soil, the path and the rocky soil, and then there's some soil that looks good, and it grows up, but something else grows up. Weeds. Yeah. Jesus said they, they, they strangle the plant. They stop us from growing. And those weeds, what do they represent? The cares and the worries of the world. The distractions yeah. in the world. And there are a lot of distractions in the world today, aren't there? Yeah. Perhaps more than ever. So much that swirls around, that vies for our attention. What are we going to do as followers of Jesus? Are we going to be disciplined and strict in spending time in the word? Or are we going to be distracted by all these other things? Many of them in and of themselves aren't bad. But when there's not a balance in our life, are we going to be growing as followers of Jesus? Or are we going to be distracted and these weeds strangle the growth that the Lord wants to see in us? I saw a, a movie um, a little while ago, and I was thinking of this movie when I when I when I was um, preparing this. It's always dangerous, of course, when you mention a movie because it's probably there's probably elements of it that aren't very um, aren't very good. So I'm not recommending. But here's the thing: this movie, I think it's called Don't Look Up. Some of you might have seen it. Basically, you've got a scientist who recognizes there's a comet coming to Earth. It's going to destroy, obliterate the Earth, and he tries to tell people about it. And the people don't even bother listening. And they, they go on a chat show, and they're talking about the earth is going to be destroyed. We've got a few weeks left, and people aren't really bothered. Yeah. And then yeah. someone sitting next to them, some reality TV star, starts speaking about being unfaithful or whatever. And, and it goes viral, and everyone's interested. And the scientist is just, how can this be? I'm talking about something that's so important, and you're just bothered about the, the waffle and the stuff that's just of no relevance yeah. really whatsoever. Yeah. And I'm thinking about that when I'm thinking about this challenge. Don't, or be careful, don't drift. Don't get sucked into all the stuff that isn't the most important thing. Yeah. So, so how are we doing? How are we doing personally? We think of this challenge. Listen carefully. You're still with me, yeah? Listen carefully. Don't drift. And I could, we could probably together mention far more than three things that yeah. cause us to drift. Of yeah. course, there's many, many more. But I've just mentioned three. And that's the challenge. And as we move towards the end, well, what can we do? What can we do to ensure that we don't drift away? 
that we don't start to compromise in our beliefs of the centrality of Christ, that we don't get too distracted and get drawn in all sorts of different directions, that we don't become over-familiar with the message. What can we do? Well, the writer to the Hebrews, he kind of, he kind of tells us. He says that one of the things you can do is remind yourself of verse 2, For since the message spoken through angels was binding and every violation, disobedience received its just punishment. Verse 3, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? Verse 3, and and those words, so great a salvation, they really captivated me. Wow, yes, it is a great salvation that we have. It's extraordinary what God has done for us through his son Jesus. It is so great. Maybe we should just remind ourselves daily (laughs) about that in prayer, in meditation, in Bible reading and study. This is amazing. Friends, we should be pretty excited about following Jesus. The more we grow, the more we understand, the more excited we should get. And that will stop us from drifting, won't it? If we remind ourselves, so great a salvation where we could go on further Uh, The writer speaks about the signs, wonders, miracles, gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. It's not only words, but it's, it's what we have seen, what we have experienced. God has confirmed these truths in the way he works in our lives. You might be struggling today. Think back to times when you've seen God at work. You've seen answered prayer. You've heard testimony of lives being transformed. Our lives have been transformed. Friends, we're excited, aren't we? Jesus is with us. He's living in us through his Holy Spirit. Wow, we should, we, these things should stop us, help us to stop from drifting away. Yeah. Not taking these things lightly, for it is a great salvation. And Hebrews, he goes on through chapter 2, speaking of the centrality of Jesus. And this is... I've said this a few times. Oh, this has spoken to me, This, but this has also spoken to me as well. It's all about Jesus. Amen. You know, we can get caught up and studying all sorts of different things, but Jesus is at the very center. Jesus is described as the pioneer, the liberator, yeah. the apostle. He's at the very center of all things. And we probably haven't got time to, 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 to share all that I'd prepared, but verses 7 and 8 speaks of God being mindful of us. Mindful. He knows us. Here's the thing I often think, you know, he knows everything about me. He knows everything about you. And he still loves us. He still cares for us. You might have come today and you think, oh, but I've messed up this week and I've done some things. I said some things. My mind, oh, I'm I'm a sinful person, but here's the thing. God still loves us. He still cares for us. He formed us in our mother's wombs. He knows everything about us, and he wants to transform our lives. He is mindful of us, and the, the writer goes on. We're talking about how we can stop drifting while we're reminding ourselves of these truths. And then he says again in verse 9, but we do see Jesus. In the midst of everything, we see Jesus. And he goes on to describe even more the centrality of Christ. He doesn't say, we see Christ. He's emphasizing the humanity of Jesus because he understands us. He's lived. He's died. He, 
He was tempted in every way, but yet was without sin. And he says, we see him. He is the one who defeated sin. He's defeated death. He's defeated the devil. He's the great liberator. Jesus' coming was the beginning of the end for the devil. He's the high priest who atones for our sins. This is all just in one little passage in Hebrews 2. Be careful. Don't drift. And here's why you shouldn't drift. Look at all this. Look at it all. Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And if we really hold on to him and if we really fix our eyes upon him, well then we can perhaps ensure that we don't drift. And that's what he goes on to say. Chapter 3, and we're moving to the end now. Because through chapter 2, I think he's just getting excited about the centrality of Christ. He says, don't drift away. And then in chapter 3, therefore, holy brothers and sisters, you share in this heavenly calling. What should you do? Fix your thoughts on Jesus. We acknowledge him as our apostle and high priest. If you're struggling... If you feel that you've been drifting or you tend to drift like I do, if you struggle with your thought life, if you struggle in all sorts of different directions, well, fix your thoughts on Jesus. Spend time with Jesus. Look in the scripture at all that Jesus is described as. That's what the writer to the Hebrews says. Chapter 2, pay careful attention. Beginning of chapter 3, fix your thoughts on him and we in our team I'll just finish with this thought in our team in OM in the UK you know beginning of the year started and we were thinking we have a a Wednesday in the word every Wednesday morning a Bible study what's a series that we're going to do and we're we're looking at the spiritual disciplines have you read any books on spiritual disciplines there's a lot of different spiritual disciplines we've been looking at Bible study Bible reading Bible meditation, Bible memorization, silence and solitude, fasting, praying. We've chosen about eight, but there's probably 20 different disciplines that different folks talk about. But the importance of spending time with the Lord. We live in this age where we expect everything to happen quickly. Fast food, fast banking, fast everything. And yet, Growing in our faith, in our relationship with the Lord, there's not kind of just a quick solution. We have to spend time, fix our thoughts on him, fix our minds on him, our hearts on him, fix our eyes in Hebrews 12, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. This doesn't come from a quick glance at the Lord for an hour and a half on a Sunday morning. Growth in the Lord and ensuring we don't drift comes from fixing our whole lives, heart, soul, mind, and strength on him, looking to him. Yeah, we mess up, we make mistakes, but he welcomes us back. And he wants us to grow in our love for him. This is all so incredible. We're reminded of the superiority of Christ, the great salvation that we have. We know that it's not just for us. You know, we serve with a mission organization, and we all know as followers of Jesus, God has blessed us so we can be a blessing to others. Just at the end of last year, we touched 8 billion people in the world. In fact, when I got here and gave the stick across, it said 7.9 billion. I said, we've got to change that. It's 8 billion people 
in the world, sharing the planet with us, three billion have never heard the good news of Jesus. More than two billion of them live in areas of the world where there's no witness. There's no Christian church. More than two billion people will live and die, humanly speaking, never having met a follower of Jesus. So we talk about how wonderful it is to know the Lord, but we also recognize, don't we, our responsibility to go to share. There are people here in Basingstoke who probably don't know a follower of Jesus, but they might know you. (laughs) And they do know a follower of Jesus. And what is the responsibility that you have? What's the responsibility I have here locally, but also praying for and giving and going to the ends of the earth? So we talk about how wonderful it is to know Jesus. We recognize there are many who still do not know. Finally, well... We finish with the, we started with the challenge, be careful, pay careful attention so that you don't drift. And let me summarize, what have I tried to say? To pay careful attention and not to drift, we need to understand the great salvation that we have. We need to consider Jesus and recognize the centrality of Christ and hold on to biblical truths, not allow this compromise to enter. We need to read, study, and remain, remain daily in God's word, not be distracted. We need to fix our gaze, fix our thoughts, fix our minds on Jesus. Maybe pray for me as I try not to compromise in the evenings, in the mornings, but to start the day and finish the day in God's word. I pray for you as well. Wouldn't it be wonderful? As a community of followers of Jesus, we're really serious in our walk with the Lord, that we won't drift, that we'll be careful, And we will fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. I think I'll finish here. God bless you. Amen.